probably a gospel that we've heard hundreds upon hundreds of times before, one that we're so familiar with, whether from Christmas pageants or just from hearing the gospel at Mass or watching different movies of the Christmas story. But I always kind of wonder, like, why the pit stop in Jerusalem? So I always picture this, like they're following the star, and then the star just kind of disappears over Jerusalem, and then they kind of got to stop and like ask around and say, hey, where's that, where's that newborn king? And you think, well, why did, why did God want him to stop? I, you know, maybe God wanted him to taste some of the hummus or some of the falafel that they were having in, in Jerusalem, but it's probably not it. But as I was thinking about this, trying to figure out what's going on, like why the pit stop in Jerusalem, I realized for 30 years of my life, I have been picturing this gospel wrong. Because I always thought, like, they see the star, and they follow it like a GPS right to Jerusalem, and then they hear Bethlehem, and then the star picks them up again, and then it lands over the house of Mary and Joseph. But that doesn't seem to be what's actually happening, because the first go-round, it just, the star appears, and they set out and go to Jerusalem. Like, the star doesn't actually land over Jerusalem, it simply gives them a sign that the, the king's born. And then the second leg of the journey is when the GPS kicks in and they go and they find exactly where they need to be via the star. So you think, well, why Jerusalem then? So these magi, they see the star and they realize they got to figure out what's next. And the best place, the way they're going to go, the way they're going to find out what's happening is to go to Jerusalem. So they head out. And as they're there, of course they could have, like, you think maybe they could have skipped this part. Because for the re- since they go to Jerusalem, a whole lot of bad stuff happens, right? Because they go to Jerusalem, Herod gets a little bit on edge. He gets some murderous rampage and has all of the children, two year, the boys two years and un- under, killed in Bethlehem. So you think, well, couldn't they have avoided this pit stop, right? Couldn't have this happen a different way? But for whatever reason, the Magi came to Jerusalem because they know they had to figure out where this newborn king was. And since he's Jewish, their best bet was Jerusalem. The fact, though, that the Magi even set out on this journey is remarkable. The fact that they see this star and say, yep, we're on our way, let's do this. Like, that's just fascinating in and of itself. So you wonder, like, what what was it about these Magi that said, this is what they're going to do, this is what they're going to be about? And the word magi comes from the same word that we get magic, magician from. So they're kind of like astrologers in some sense. You think about somebody who reads a horoscope and says, yep, that's what I'm going to be about. I'm going to follow, follow that horoscope. That's kind of what these guys were like. They saw what the stars were happening, and because they're kind of into this, this sort of business, they take off and they search for them. But they give us a great image of of really just us, that we should be people like them who are searching for God in our lives, who are willing like them to risk things for the Lord. They're willing to take off just because they see this star. They give us a great image of what it means to seek God. And it gives us this kind of question, like, are we seeking God with our lives? Are we given everything to follow God? Like, these magi are willing to risk so much for God. Even I think about myself over the past few days, like, the past few days, at least on Friday, I spent five hours in front of the TV watching football, but I didn't spend five hours with God. Am I really seeking God with all my heart? Am I really willing to risk things 
for the Lord? I mean, is that, that's what we have to ask. Are we like these magi, willing to reorder our lives for God? Willing to change our lives for God? And as they do that, these magi give us an incredible example as this kind of journey unfolds of what it means to come to Mass, of what it means to participate in Mass. That might not be the first thing we think of, but they start out as ones who are searching for God. And that has to be our attitude as we come to Mass. Not as ones that are just, well, i got to check this one off the box today, we'll get in, we'll get out at an hour, and then we'll be on our way. But they come searching for God, and that has to be our own attitude. Looking for God, willing to risk, willing to take time out of our day for the Lord. And then as they show up, the first thing that happens is they start looking for this Messiah. They start seeking out, where is he? Can we find him? And where that takes them is to the scriptures. It takes them to the Old Testament. And they hear this quote from the gospel, or from the prophet Micah, Malachi, 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 sorry. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Actually, it's not Malachi, it is Micah. My bad. Um, don't believe anything I say, I guess. Um, so they take off. Or they, they come and they find the scriptures. They search, they search the scriptures. And in that, they find this prophecy. And then maybe they would have heard this one that we had for the first reading. About, gold, about bringing gold and frankincense to this king. So the first thing that happens is they search the scriptures. And the first thing that happens at Mass, after we acknowledge our sins and we sing the Gloria, is that the scriptures are opened up to us. That the word of God is proclaimed to us. And just as those magi learned from scripture, we too are nourished from scripture here at Mass. It's the first part that happens. And then, after they've listened, after they've heard the word of the Lord, they take off to Bethlehem. They go on a procession carrying these gifts. And outside of a pandemic, that's normally what happens next at Mass. People come forward bringing gifts up to the Lord. Bread, wine, and the gifts of people's generosity. It's as if those people that come forward bringing these gifts imitate the three magi on a procession not from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, but they're coming simply from the back of the church up to the front, but imaging those magi that come with an offering to God. And then once the magi get there, we hear that they do something beautiful. They lay, they prostrate themselves and do him homage once they enter the house. So they prostrate, like literally, that's, they lay before him in worship. They lay on the ground before him to worship the Lord. They, they give him praise. It's interesting in the nativity scene here that all three of the wise men are kneeling. Normally if you see a nativity scene, at least one of them is standing upright. Maybe one of them is kind of genuflecting, but all three of them are kneeling before the king. Because after the gifts are brought forward, what happens next is all of us kneel before the Lord. All of us come here in worship before the Lord and kneel before him to give him praise, to offer him our life, to give him thanks for all that he has done. And of course, so this mass unfolds and the Magi give us the great example, that they come as people first seeking, 
people first seeking God. And then they listen. They hear the word of the Lord proclaimed to them in the scriptures. And then they bring those gifts to him and worship. They fall on their faces. They fall on their knees to offer their entire lives to him. And then the last thing is that they take off. Right? They head back home. But the little interesting detail is they departed for their country by another way. Of course, they did because they didn't want to tip Herod off, right? They didn't want to tell Herod that we found him, he's all yours, go get him. But they wanted to go home by a different way. But the, maybe the deeper significance is after meeting Jesus, after they meet the Lord, of course they went home by a different way. How could you ever meet Jesus and just go back to your life the same way it is? How could you ever encounter the king of the universe, God in flesh, and just life is normal, takes up? Life could never, ever be normal after meeting Jesus Christ for these three guys. So they go back by a different way. And I guess that's the example for us then. After this whole mass plays out as it does with the Magi, do we leave by a different way? Is our life different because of what happened here? Because of the mass, are we more generous? Are we more patient? Do we seek out the poor? Are we understanding of people's faults? Are we different because of what happens? Or do we simply walk back to our normal life? Are we changed? Do we go back a different way? And today launches the year of the Eucharist in our parishes. Today we kick off a whole calendar year dedicated to the Eucharist. Maybe when we gather on the Feast of the Epiphany 12 months from now, we can look back and see and ask, did we come a different way? Were our lives changed because of this past year? Was our personal life changed? Was the life of our family, was the life of our parishes changed? Do we go a different way this year because of Christ who comes to meet us, not just in a manger, but on an altar, not in the hands of Mary, but in the hands of the priest? Are we different because of what happens here? And do we imitate the Magi, who are on a search for God, who listen to his word, who offer him their entire lives and these gifts, and fall before him in worship?